Hi, everybody. We got another positive comment and rating on Apple Podcasts. It was about episode four with Simon Carlson. Laffy Yaffy writes, Enjoyable. I thought you guys had a great flow with Simon. The dead pet stuff was funny without being disturbing. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the review. If you have a positive review for us, we might just read it in the next episode. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. What time is it? Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today, our guest is Mike Logan. Mike Logan is a Grand Rapids-based comedian who appeared on our first Clean Comedy Time show. We're going to talk to him today about the good, the bad, and the funny. I'm going to say something right now. It's going to be a little controversial, more so than stuff I've already said. I'm going to say it right now. I know I'm not supposed to say these kind of things for a clean show, but I'm going to say it anyway. Brace yourselves, people. Kids are stupid. <laughs> Mike Logan, everybody. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's what we call in the biz a cheap pop. You hate kids and they are into it. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, that worked uh, really well. I, and I can't agree more. <laughs> I, I kind of like kids, but yeah, you've got some. That makes a difference. <laughs> I've got one. Yeah. Cool. I like her. Let's learn a little bit more about your daughter real briefly here. She's eight years old. She's whip smart, guys. She's smart because my parent, or my uh, my uh, daughter's mom and myself decided when she was like in the womb, we're like we're gonna talk to our daughter like she's an adult from the day she's born. Read books, and they were like, you should do this. She'll develop into a large vocabulary, and she'll be very smart quickly. And we did it, and it worked. She's very intelligent. We talked to her like she's an adult, and now she's very smart. The only problem is now she talks to us like she's an adult. <laughs> yeah, that is the problem, though, isn't it? Uh, Mike, Mike, what is your daughter's name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Her name is Sophia. Sophia. Yeah. That's a very pretty name. That's very yeah, nice. Yeah, I didn't name her. So me and her mom in an agreement uh, when the baby was like in the baby place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was a clean podcast. Uh, but um, I, if we had a boy, I was going to name him. And if we had a girl, she would name her. So we had a girl. Oh. We had to name her. How long have you been doing uh, the stuff about kids and specifically your daughter? Um. I don't know. When I first started doing comedy, it was like, um, I just did a lot. Of, uh, it was like seven or eight years ago, I guess. So I was, old am I now? 34. So I was math. Uh, 26 years old. And my daughter was like one or two at the time. So she wasn't really in my comedy a whole lot when I first started. It wasn't until she kind of like developed like a personality and I started to understand who she was. Um, until I started putting her in the act. Because she is very funny. Um, and not just like not like in a kids are dumb so they're funny kind of way. Like she's intentionally mm-hmm. funny, um, and she knows it, which I think is uh, it's cute when it happens, but it kind of annoys me because I don't want her to be hilarious. <laughs> 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 like she cracks up, but I don't want her to know that she's hilarious because then you know, I mean, you see what happens. I'm a, I'm a I got a bit of an ego sometimes. Like when you know you're funny, it changes who you are. <laughs> But yeah, so I would say probably like three or four years ago, my first big 
first time I ever really put a, uh, a a set together about her was after one of her birthday parties, where just a bunch of weird stuff happened the whole time, and so I was like, I just just remembered all of it and then turned it into a a, a set, and so then I started sprinkling more and more of her stuff in there because everyone always says like when comics have kids, like their set changes, you know, it's like, oh, everything's about sure. kids. And I agree with that. I just didn't, I wanted to avoid ever talking about the, just the cliche stuff that everyone talks about with their kids or about their kids. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I always make sure if I am talking about um, Sophia, it's definitely a, a story that's funny. Like, it's not like, you know, she tried to grab something off the counter and spilled the milk. Nah, like it's gotta be something <laughs> that no one else isn't going to hear <laughs> And uh, no, has Mike. has Sophia heard your uh, any of your comedy with her in it? You know, I don't know. She found she stumbled onto my fan page uh, <laughs> a month ago, um, but I don't have any clips on there. But I do have clips on my YouTube channel, which she doesn't have access to because of the parental controls on her social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one day, I mean, I don't. She's mature, like she's she's nine. But like, I don't know how old are your kids, Aaron? Oh, they're all grown and out of the house. They're old. Oldest one's twenty seven. And Brian, do you have older kids or? I have no children at all. No children. You have no children? No children. We have a cat. Oh, uh, you, man. Yeah, right. You must also yeah. have disposable income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's very mature for her age. Like nine-year-old kids are weirdly mature. And I don't like it. And it's, I don't know. It's, I don't know if you guys had a lot of conversations with nine-year-old kids recently. Um, <laughs> but like, they're very mature. And I, it's unsettling how mature they are. So I don't think I would have a big problem if she did stumble on any of my comedy, um, especially because I don't talk trash about her usually. And if I do, she usually ends up getting the last laugh anyway. Right. Well, and and uh, I, I mean, I know Mike from conversations that we've had. You're you're a very studied comedian. You know uh, comedic technique uh, frontwards and backwards. And of course, that's uh, that's a thing you know for comedians to do. You, a comedian never wants somebody else to be the victim of their uh, or they never want to uh end up on top of the story the the other subject of the story always needs to be the winner in it mm-hmm. for most cases yeah especially when talking about your kids because i mean a lot of you guys have both heard my material uh yeah. aaron i think you've heard more of mine than brian has a lot of my stuff i do have a lot of material about just disliking children um, <laughs> and i do have to make sure that when i talk about my own daughter like i do got to make sure that one, people understand that, like, I don't hate my daughter. Obviously, I love her. She's great. But two, she always, like you said, Aaron, she always ends up being the hero by the end of the story, which I think is important because I've had a woman come up to me straight up one time and I told that story of I have a bit where I talk about um, driving in a car in the winter with her and hitting a deer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, a lot of that bit is me just insulting my daughter to her face. <laughs> um, but then by the end of it, she ends up getting the last laugh, which is the biggest yes. laugh of the joke. Um, and I had a group of women come to me after a show one time and it was like women about my age. And the one woman says, you start talking trash about your daughter. And I thought, nope, I don't like this guy. But then in the end, she got the last laugh and I liked that. And I was like, well, I'm a good comedian. I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I can say, uh, from hearing your comedy and from knowing you, uh, it's clear that you and your daughter have a great relationship and that, uh, there's, there's, uh, love and mutual respect and all those great things there. Me and my daughter actually had a, a bet on, um, she was the one who convinced me to join the popular social networking app, TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she convinced me to join it, which I was, I was, I was very curmudgeon about TikTok. Like, I, I hated it despite never even using it. Like, I was one yeah. of those people. 
And um, and I was I was like, oh, TikToks for young people, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Get off my lawn already. Yeah. yeah. But then like I went on there and I, I I realized that TikTok is essentially it's just Vine. Um Oh yeah. And it's just like people dancing, kids dancing and kids making comedy sketches. And that's like the whole platform. And so my daughter says to me, she says, You gotta get a TikTok. And I said, I don't want a TikTok. I'm a professional comedian. And she's like, uh, uh she her advice for me to get a TikTok was, Dad, if you really want to make something out of your career, you should get a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Sophia. I appreciate uh, that. I, like, I got a TikTok, and I up, I uploaded a couple, like three, like dumb little short videos, and then she calls me, and I'm a very competitive guy. I'm a competitive. I'm really competitive. And she calls me, and she says, uh, "Hey, Dan, look at your TikTok. And I see you've only got 13 likes, like across <laughs> my profile." And I was like, "Yeah, well, I've only uploaded three videos, so I mean, you know." And she's like, "Well, yeah. you know, how many likes- yeah." She's like, "You know how many likes I have, Dad?" I was like, "How many?" She says, 500. <laughs> oh well how many videos no. have you uploaded and she says oh i don't know i was like i know i counted you uploaded 101 videos <laughs> <laughs> so here i'm like extrapolate that now on average yeah. you it's five likes per like, video five likes per video or <laughs> i have three videos with 13 likes so really i'm better than you at that. <laughs> she says do you want to bet and i said yeah i'll make a bet about it so she says to me I'll bet you, you know, I'll make a bet that by the end of this month, which was April, you can't get to a thousand likes on your TikTok. And I'm like, I could do that in my sleep. I think she doesn't understand that I've been using social media since before she was born. Right. <laughs> so I said, sure, I'll take the bet. And the bet, uh, the parameters were like, we have to do like a duet video. The loser does at the end. And oh. well, I took the bet. And in two, was it two days? Yeah. In two days, I got to a thousand likes. Nice, nice. <laughs> School. So, yeah, he knows who's boss. Yeah. So, Mike, if we wanted to find you on TikTok, uh, how how would one find you on on the TikTok? Oh my goodness, that's a very good question. My name on TikTok, I think, is my own name. Let me check. I'm an old man. Okay. It's a yeah. Thing. Like I'm gonna have to I have to Google this now. I'm not uh, sure. At ice cold comedian. So same as my other oh. comedian. Oh, okay. Yeah, the ice cold comedian one. Also, I just crossed a hundred followers. Nice. Not bad. Not bad. It's very positive. That's what I like about TikTok over Facebook. It's like all there's nothing negative on TikTok. I know you use that handle on a lot of your social media. Where where'd that come from? Ice cold comedian. I wish there was a really cool story behind this, but there <laughs> isn't. Um when I was when I was in high school, I, I got I used to love the song Hey Ya, which I still do love that song. Um and there's the line in the song like, you know, what's cooler than being cool, ice cold. And so when I was in high school, I took an AV class. And for my final exam, I recreated the music video for Hey Ya, like uh, with my AV uh, classmates and stuff. And it was kind of a big ordeal for the, because like I, I made a big deal out of it because that's who I am. And um, so then I got the nickname Ice Cold. Uh, and so I, people started calling me that. And I started putting it on things. Like I had spray paint shirts with Ice Cold on them. And then one day, my friend Joe B and I were coming up with aim names like remember aim oh yeah yeah we're coming up with our names for aim and he said mike what do you want your name to be and i was eating a box of knockoff brand teddy bears like teddy grams called teddy bear <laughs> and so i said to him i was like just name it ice cold and he put ice cold in and he's like well that's taken i said all right we'll name it ice cold huggy bear like as a joke and oh boy taken so i used it and then I just started using Ice Cold for, like, everything I ever did. Sure. Like, if I ever had to make a handle, it was always Ice Cold something. So I figured mm-hmm. whenever I make 
my social media is I wanted all of them to be the same handle. That way, like, there's no confusion. Because you've talked to comics or musicians where it's like, oh, my name is blah, blah, blah on Twitter and this on Instagram and this on yeah. YouTube and this on Facebook. And I'm like, no, that's not. I'm going to streamline it all. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. made everything ice cold comedian. Uh, I can respect that. the unemployed alcoholic is is uh, all over that i think yeah the first thing i mean they always say like you're you're, the first thing you're supposed to do is like get funny when you're a comedian like like write jokes and stuff and i found that when i first started doing comedy like i was pretty naturally funny so that part came pretty easily to me like making writing jokes so i could i was able to focus on like the marketing side of me pretty early and one of the Mm -hmm. first things i made was everything has to be the same name now, Mike, you also have your own podcast that you co-host with Garrett Elzinga. I do, yeah, yeah. It's called uh, This Better Be Good. It's a movie review podcast where um, we review a movie, me and Garrett Elzinga, who's a, like one of my best friends, and he's also the house MC at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club here in Grand Rapids. Um, he and I review a movie before we see it, then we review it again after we see it. I think the first episode of that that I watched, or I'm sorry, listened to, was after I had watched the most recent X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Dark and, Phoenix. Yeah, Dark mm-hmm. Phoenix. And I as I grew up collecting the comic books, and the, the whole Dark Phoenix saga and everything is just embedded into my brain. I thought, this is going to be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw that you guys were doing it, and I'm like, oh, okay, I am going to listen to the first half and I kind of did it with you. I listened to the first half and then I went to the movie and then I came out and I listened to the second half. And I was like, yep, that was a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Was a dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> just there. And, and I appreciate the, I mean, everything about, um, about the podcast. It's, it's, you go in with a certain sense of hopefulness like yeah, so what, yeah, I'm gonna like this because that I I'm a fan of this. I like these things, but but uh, so now with the movie theaters closed, mm-hmm. so how are you? How are you guys uh, keeping the the podcast going? Um, what we've been doing is Netflix. So, well, Netflix and Disney Plus. Like we did Onward because that they released that early on Disney Plus. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did Onward really fun. Yeah, we did like The Irishman because that was a movie that we missed when it first came out. Okay. Um, we did uh, a, a South Korean pandemic film called Train to Busan. Uh, next oh. episode, we'll be doing that brand new Chris Hemsworth movie called Extraction, which is a Netflix exclusive. Mm-hmm. But right now, because even when theaters open up, um, they're not going to be showing first run movies because there are none to show. So, right. Yeah. So we nothing's scheduled yet. Yeah. So I mean, like, I know a lot of theaters are just going to revert to like when they do open, they're going to start playing classic films or they've been turning to going on their Facebook and asking people what they would want to go see. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know how, when we'll actually be able to go back to seeing, you know, first run movie. It might not be until November till we start seeing actual new movies again. But for now, yeah. just Netflix and social distancing, you know? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah I saw just as this the whole shutdown started, um, they announced that the the James Bond movie No Time to Die mm-hmm. was going to be delayed. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, this whole COVID thing has evolved into a Bond villain." <laughs> and actually, stop James Bond. I thought that's just, and then it just was not funny. Like <laughs> the next day, the next day I was like, "Oh, that's not." Yeah, <laughs> you try it out, man. You never know, right? Yeah, I actually, uh, I did, I did that 
it was that was in the middle of Laugh Fest, and I did that on stage um, at the Golden Age one night, and then I did Candlestone uh, the last Friday before everything really closed. Yeah, and I I tried it there, and I was like, yeah, that nobody's nobody's jiving with this. So, yeah. That. <laughs> It was, it was dark enough for me. I liked it, but but that was about it. Mike, let me play one more clip of you here. If I come back as anything, I come back as an attractive white female. It's true. And the reason it is, attractive white females have an amazing power to do and say whatever they want with no consequences. It's true. And if you don't believe me, the odds are very good. You're not an attractive white female. <laughs> I don't make the rules for this. sitting at a bar before a show one time, a friend of mine, he's on stage, right? He's telling jokes. He's talking about how when he was a kid, he had done so many drugs that it's made him dumb as an adult. That's what he was saying, right? And there's a girl sitting to my left at the bar. She was an attractive white female. She leans forward to the bartender and she says to him, hey, this guy on stage is talking about how doing drugs make him dumb. I've never done a drug and I'm really dumb. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she just Guys, I just want to point out that that is just expert joke writing. I mean, <laughs> well, okay. Here, here's the thing, Mike. I I know you're one of those rare and highly talented communities that can work in a blue environment uh, with curse words and whatnot, or a clean environment. And I've heard that that both ways. And uh, um, man, it's just it's it's amazing to me that you can uh, uh, you can adjust for the audience and you can uh, you can deliver with whatever the audience is looking for you know it's funny that joke um i feel like hits differently i think i like the 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 clean version better because of the way it portrays the girl so like in the dirty version which i won't say the swear word but in the dirty version when she's like um she says uh that guy's talking about how uh, uh that guy says doing drugs make him dumb i've never done a drug the original version is i've never done a drug and i'm dumb as s word right and the yep. way she says it, when she says the S word, it makes her sound real like catty. Um, but then oh, I do yeah. it, when I do it in the clean version, it's um, I've never done a drug and I'm real dumb. It just makes her sound dumber. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I actually kind of like the clean version. I, I tend to do the dirty version just because that's how I talk is I, I swear a lot. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I uh, want to ask about the writing process itself. Um I'm one of the comics who just, I write down an idea so I don't forget it. Mm -hmm. And, but, but I don't script anything. And I run into comics who write out, like, I say this, and then I say this, and then I say, and then they're always going back and editing and that kind of thing. Where do you fall in that uh, spectrum? I fall on the exact opposite end of the comic who writes stuff. Like I, I don't write, I write like the premise of a joke. Um, like you said, but mm -hmm. then like, because my comedy is more conversation than it is just joke telling. Yeah. So it has to feel natural. And for me, I can't just write down what naturally speaking feels like. I mean, I guess I could if I tried. But um, <laughs> I, I you do the talk to text on your phone and I just have it dictate for you. I just know what makes me funny. And what makes me funny is conversation. Like I'm good in conversation. And so I know yeah. a lot of people will say things like, well, I, I can't do stand up because I'm only good in conversation. They'll say that. 
And it's like, yeah. then that's how you should do stand. Like, I think right. people think that there's like this one way to do comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, I can't, I can't sit and write. I can't go to a group of writers and be like, Hey dude, let's write. And I was like, oh, okay, what are we, what are we writing? Just cause yeah. my comedy for one is just, it's most of it is just stories. So I don't really need to write it because it's already happened. So I know what happened at it. Yeah. So like my process, I guess, would be I think of a concept. Uh, well, I'll open my phone right now and I'll see what my first note is. Here we go. So salt, eggs, juice, toilet. No, that's my grocery list. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So here's a premise for a joke. Uh, coronavirus is the butterfly effect at its best. Guy in China eats a bat. I can't play basketball anymore. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. there's like more to that joke there's a lot in between those sure. bullet points and i know where they are so like next time i go to an open mic which is you know four years from now or next <laughs> yep. time I, I need to like i get the chance to go work it out i'll just look at that topic and then i'll just start talking and then usually it turns into something if it doesn't i'll tweak it but i just don't ever have the need to write stuff down because i remember something the second i make it if that makes sense yeah no, absolutely. Yeah. So like if I'm on stage and I work a premise out, I have now, I memorize exactly what I did. So like if I'm there talking for seven minutes about coronavirus making means I can't play basketball, everything I've said in that seven minutes, I remember. So I don't need to write it all down. I don't mm-hmm. need to record it and I don't need to. So, I mean, my process is completely different than most people's process, but it also helps that I have a good memory. If I didn't have a good memory, I'd be writing just as much as everybody else. Now, and you've got you've got a little bit of an additional advantage, Mike, because uh, you're on stage. What I mean, before pandemic, at least three or four times a week. Oh, at least. I mean, I had um, aside from touring, uh, I got my open mic, um, which is every Monday. So I'm, I'm guaranteed one stage night a week, no matter what. Um, and that's uh, Monday night at the Garage Bar, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe that is at the Garage Bar every Monday night at 9 p.m. until the day before Jesus comes back. <laughs> Where mm-hmm. is he going to be when he comes back? Oh, because the day he's coming back, he's going to tip top. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I um, I do have a lot of opportunity. The fact that I travel and tour so much, and the fact that I mean, I run the how many shows are we here? Four shows here in Grand Rapids. And so, yeah, I do get a lot of chances to work out material to the point where I don't really have to go do other open mics. Like, people always talk about how I don't travel. Like, they're like, oh, I don't ever see you at this open mic or this open mic. It's like, well, I don't have to. Like, if I didn't have to, or, why should and I? And when would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I, I don't have the time. Like, when I'm, like, in full swing working all the time, it's usually my, my week normally consists of Thursday, Friday, Saturday on the road traveling. Sunday night is, like, the night to reload, do whatever I want, come back home, relax, enjoy myself. Then Mondays, I got my Garage Bar Comedy Show. Tuesdays, I'm usually doing some form of emailing, comedy work, booking shows, social media work, any kind of video work I need to get done. All that's done on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Sometimes I get a lucky week where I just have Wednesdays off, which is nice. But then and then you look at the last week of the month, it's always busy for me because you've got the last week of every month, I always have the, the Monday is always the Garage Bar Comedy Show. Thursday or Wednesday is always the Listen Up Comedy Night, the listening room. Thursdays are always the comedy showcase at the New Holland Brewing Company. And then that Friday or Saturday will always be my secret comedy show, Don't Tell Comedy. So the last mm-hmm. week of the month, like, do not try to do anything with me the last week of the month because I have no time. But here we are in the last week of the month when we're recording this. <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> <laughs> so much time. 
Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Clean Comedy Time podcast with our very special guest, comedian Mike Logan. Hello. Mike. <laughs> and again, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, when we uh, had you on the show, we had actually, uh, the, I was always thinking, ah, we're not going to be able to get Mike Logan. No way. And then uh, we had somebody cancel and called you and you're like, oh, yeah, sure. And <laughs> I got a little breath catch there and everything and um yeah no you absolutely uh brought the house down that night it was terrific um and you just hit everybody in the room so well it was terrific thank you i hear a lot of comics always like they'll ask me to do shows and i'll most of the time if i'm not busy i'll say yes um and people always get surprised like when i say yes and i'm like dude like if i don't have a show going on and you're gonna be like come do comedy yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do comedy but yeah i don't i never mind doing shows i'm like i like you guys so when you ask me to do it i'm like yeah dude one of the things that we really like to do here on the clean county time podcast is uh really dig into the good the bad and the funny you you did a great job explaining all the funny what is it uh that's going well right now uh my social media is going really well right now um my numbers have increased every single week on all my platform um, which comes with consistent posting of content and content that's relatable to people. My creativity has been up. Like I've been making, I've made a couple of videos that I've had been wanting to make and haven't yet. But since I've obviously had nothing to do, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make that. So yeah, I would say my social media is what's good for me right now. And I, by saying that, that sounds really vain, but like, I just mean from like a creativity standpoint, like I'm putting out content that I think is really funny. Um, so well, yeah, and you're so you're kind of getting into what that means, and it means growth in audience, but it also means the quality of your content. How do you uh, how do you rate that or measure that or, or what does that mean to you? So anything I put on any social media is something that I'm putting out because I think it's funny. I know a lot of people are worried, especially I know a lot of young people are worried about just putting out content that other people are going to enjoy, and I feel like if you do that, then you're setting yourself up to be disappointed all the time. So if I make something that I think is hilarious, I'm going to put it on there. And even if it doesn't get any likes, it doesn't matter to me because I'm like, this is funny. I think it needs to be cataloged somewhere and someone needs to see it at some point in their life. So I think that's the benefit for me of doing it. And I think that's true about just comedy in general. When you get on stage and tell a story or you're writing down a premise or something, it's, it's for yourself. It's, this is what I think is funny. Mm -hmm. You might grab something out of uh, current events or something, but for the most part, if if you don't think it's funny, you're not going to do it. Yeah. Well, I remember one of the videos that I put on TikTok um, was a, um, a me playing the Carol Baskin or the the, the, the Tiger King drinking game, um, which is a <laughs> game that I made up where you just drink every time uh, Joe Exotic says the name Carol Baskin. And <laughs> so I made the video and like the the, the, the premise of the video is I, I die. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I made the video and I put it up. And it got a bunch of likes. It was one of the videos that got me to a thousand likes in two days. And my daughter got mad and claimed that I cheated because um, she I did what she called trend cheating is what she calls it. <laughs> and that is apparently, which is a phrase that young people use, I guess. You guys can take this with you. Uh, trend cheating is when you upload a video that's done to profit essentially off of what's trending. So my thought is like, no, I just thought it was. But yeah, it, it still happens to line up with the zeitgeist because 
everybody is watching that show. So everybody else is going to be, you know, thinking like-mindedly. Uh, just because I have a like-minded thought doesn't mean, doesn't take anything away from how funny I think it is. Like, I think it's funny. I think a lot of people focus a lot on um, putting stuff out that's going to be popular as opposed to just, just putting stuff out that's funny, that they think is funny. Yeah, what, what really jumps out to me about that, Mike, um, is, you know, where you're drawing the line for success there. You're really saying that you're putting something out there that you think is funny. So you have succeeded before anybody else even chimes in. If they like it, fine. If they don't, fine. You know, you have succeeded because you've put something out that you feel is funny. You know, in, coming from a recovery background, the serenity prayer is something that's just central to my life and to recovery. Um, and, you know, that's God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. What you just kind of outlined there, you know, you can control uh, whether you put stuff out that you think is funny. You can't control how people are going to respond to it. So, yeah, yeah, that is just such a, a healthy outlook, and, and I commend you for that, uh, Mike. Oh, thanks. Um, Brian, I was going to ask you something um, when you talk about writing topical stuff. So you write on yeah. your page. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm sure if they're listening to this, they know you. But um, <laughs> on your page, you ev- almost every day write some very, like, you know, hokey dad pun joke. Yes. Which I, Aaron, I think, Aaron, you know me pretty well. Um, <laughs> And, like, I love just puns and just crappy dad humor. Like, I love it. <laughs> and you post those, and I know you, I'm sure you've noticed, like, sometimes I'll comment, like, eye rolls or something like that. Sure. <laughs> A little something, something. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever I do, it's always in the back of my mind. I'm like, I'm just upset that you made me laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my work here is done. Once more, <laughs> I've used my powers for good. Well, like, I laugh at yeah. it. This is very funny and it's very clever. But then I'm like, but then there's like the, you know, the, the purest of music. Oh, it's so hacky. I'm like, oh, who are you for laughing at that? Like, <laughs> but today was the, uh, I, I really miss trying new restaurants with my friends. You know, my taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, just know, knowing that you're, you give me an eye roll or a groan, it just, that only encourages me. So, Mike, uh, thanks for sharing some of that stuff that's going well. I'm glad to hear that your social media is uh, blowing up and, uh, and pleasing you and uh, also building an audience. So that's all great. Um, I also think that it is quite important for people to recognize that um, it's not always all gravy. You know, all of us uh, end up having things that we're struggling with, having challenges that we're facing. So I'd like to just ask you, Mike, what is something that you might be struggling with or, or something that's uh, proven kind of difficult for you right now? I'm struggling a lot with just the isolation. Like I'm a people person. Like I crave interaction and friendships and, you know, doing stuff and being social so that part of it's really just been like grinding on me. There's been days where I've just been in terrible moods all day because like I can't just, you know, walk to the basketball court or, you know, walk to downtown or hang out with some friends, you know, just the normal stuff that I'm normally allowed to do. That's just been, I think it's just been the mental health struggle. I think it's a lot of people struggle right now is just maintaining normal mental health in a really not normal time for all of us. Mike, would you classify yourself as uh, an extrovert or, or oh a, yes um, a crazy extrovert i would say 
I mean, I would say crazy extrovert. Like there's times that I've, I've been on tour for like two weeks before, right? On the road, the entire 14 days I get home. My whole time, my whole mentality is like, I cannot wait to get home. I'm not going to do anything. I have nothing to do all day tomorrow. I'm just going to, you know, clean the house, play video games, you know, just do stuff for myself. I'll come home. I'll get unpacked, clean the house, make a meal, play video game for about an hour. And then I'll be like, all right, well, I got to get out of the house now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, just, I, I, I just love being out. I also love being at home, but I'm just, I get over it quickly. So mm-hmm. that's why like, I really rely on friendships and going out to comedy clubs or bars or restaurants or wherever it is I want to go. Um, and so not being able to, like, I remember the first day that I got really, really mad in quarantine. I, my house is directly across the street from basketball court. They told us that we could exercise. So I'm like, great. I'll get up, you know, before everybody else gets there, I'll keep my distance. I'll play my basketball for a couple hours. And I went out the first day. I got there early, played for like three hours, came back home, was just like sky high. Next morning, I went outside. I looked across the street and the city had boarded up all the basketball courts. Oh, man. Oh. And that's when I was like, okay, I literally, I can't do anything. I can do nothing now. Yeah. And I think that day was probably the worst day for me. But yeah. Well, I I appreciate you sharing that, Mike, because, you know, to me, it's, it's very admirable when people can say, Hey, this is something that I'm struggling with. Um, I, I draw from my friends. I, I become energized. I become happy and healthy when I'm around people and I can't be around people. I think it takes a lot of courage to, to, to say that, even say the words mental health. There's a, there's a stigma around that. Um, and, uh, and I applaud you and just really appreciate you uh, for doing that, especially because there are people that are listening to this right now that are having similar struggles and they might think that they're alone, you know, and it's just important for people to realize that um, some of the things that we struggle with, some of the things that are challenges for us and some of the ways that we need to um, keep things in check and keep things moving forward. um, We're we're just not alone in that. And, and again, I just appreciate you uh, sharing some of the things that you're going through with that. You know, you remind me of um, the late, great Michael Jackson. It makes me want to say, you are not alone. <laughs> I Keep it. Sing it. Get it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, I agree, man. And I, I think like, I, that's why I try to keep it pretty transparent on my Facebook, too. Because my Facebook is like my personal profile more so than my um, fan page is like I like to look at it as like a nice little community community where I keep a lot of positive fun things going on it and I've been making sure to keep doing that during all of this keep my posts positive not be negative but I mean there have been days when I've posted where I was like dude I, I miss you know I miss going and hang out with my friends I miss running my open mic like there's been days where I'm just like I gotta let it know to everybody that yeah I've got this positive forward face that I'm putting on essentially for everybody else but I really am dealing with like, you know, the same stuff that everyone else is. So I think you posted a little something about, uh, about your friend. I keep bringing, uh, Garrett Elsing up here. Uh, just, I know you guys are real close friends and, uh, you post a little something about him. You wanted to call him and tell him, uh, something. And, uh, you had a, a little revelation, uh, in the middle of that. Yeah. I, um, I thought of something funny that happened to me the other day and like Garrett's my go-to guy for calling to talk about funny stuff. So I went to call him and it was Saturday night at about 10 p.m. And 
I went to go call him and it rang once and then I hung up and my first thought was, oh, he's not going to answer right now. He's probably on stage at Dr. Grin's right. And then I got sad. Because he was not. Because he was not on stage at Dr. Grin's because nobody's on stage anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. And then he responded to that post uh, with like, I had not thought about it like that until this moment. And now I am sad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, to, yeah. to his credit, uh, it's pretty easy to, to make Garrett cry. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if anybody ever listened to my, our podcast, they know that's the truth. Yeah. That's, With the movies. And stuff. Good, I, well, yeah. that's, that is a, a, a target to shoot for when we have him on the show then. Give him a <laughs> oh that'd be hilarious oh i hope so i mean we might be in touch mike to do a little bit of research uh oh my god i i, get, I got some dirt on him i can make him cry <laughs> all right, cool. all right, all right. <laughs> we'll just tell him how much we appreciate him and the leadership he takes in the grand rapids comedy community and yeah i just lo- i love gareth the way that tom segura loves burke kreischer you know <laughs> wow <laughs> Hey, Mike, thanks uh, so much for sharing that. Again, I appreciate you opening up and just uh, being transparent with everybody. Um, So thanks for sharing the good, the bad, and of course, the funny. And speaking of the funny, um, what all do you have going on? I know it's a long list. Why don't you run through it for us? Well, I can make it pretty quick or pretty short by just saying um, whatever social media platform you want to find me on, just look for Ice Cold Comedian. Um, So that's my YouTube channel is the Ice Cold Comedian, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, you can get to my Facebook fan page by typing in Facebook slash Ice Cold Comedian. Um, so that's the easiest way to do it. And all my content is across all those platforms. So my Instagram is a lot of memes. It's a ton of memes. So if you like memes, go to my Instagram. They're all made by me. I don't take other people's memes and put them up on mine. My YouTube channel is on whatever kind of funny videos you want. I've got sketches on there. I've got regular shows my social distancing takeout show airs every monday on my channel at 5 p.m and every week night at 10 15 on grand rapids public access <gasps> tell us about your shows though i mean you oh, rattled them off earlier and i mean i love this portfolio of shows you've got together in the grand rapids area yeah they're um they're scaled in a way that's like i've got a show for every type of show so i mean if you just want a free night out to go and have a good time Grab some drinks, grab some food. Garage Bar Comedy Show every Monday night at 9 p.m. at the Garage Bar downtown Grand Rapids. It's over on Ottawa. Do you want to move up a tier when it comes to my my shows? Now you're gonna, you're gonna move up into the category of the New Holland Comedy Showcase. This show is the best bang for your buck, literally, because you get four nationally touring headlining comedians for the low low price of zero dollars. Um, <laughs> And that is every the last Thursday of every month at the Knickerbocker New Holland Brewing Company in downtown Grand Rapids. My next level of shows are the Don't Tell Comedy Shows, which are secret comedy shows in secret locations. Those are every month. Uh, those are $25 for each ticket, or $20 per ticket. And it's essentially you sign up for a list where you don't know huh, where the show is or who's on the show until the day of the show. You get an email at like noon, day of the show. It says, go to this place. And you go to there, and then I show up, and I'm like, all right, here's your comics. And then you watch comedy. And it's always a great time. BYOB if you want a drink. Um, if not, bring some water or whatever you want. But it's always a fun time. I get comedians from all over the country for that show. And last is the Listen Up Comedy Night at the Listening Room in Studio Park. And that is the last Wednesday of every month at 8 p.m. 
and that is a traditional comedy club show. So you will get me as the host and MC every night. You will get every single uh, show will always be a local uh, comedian as the feature, and then there will always be a nationally touring headliner. And I had a lot of really, really awesome names I was super excited about lined up for that show that will not be able to make it now. Oh, well, on that note, let's all take a (laughs) moment of silence. (laughs) A moment of silence for my shows. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, thank you so much for appearing on the show with us. We're tremendously thankful to have you here uh, in West Michigan and uh, for uh, being on this, our first show and being uh, here on this episode, episode number four of the Clean Comedy Time podcast. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 